My name is Jai Long, and you're listening to Make Your Break, episode number eight. Today, we have Jared Sang on the show, and we will be doing a little mastermind and talking about five ways to create your own opportunities. Now, if you don't know who Jared Sang is, he is wildly creative and has his fingers in a lot of pies, from photography and videography for big artists like Passenger and Ed Sheeran, and to lifestyle campaigns for hotels and businesses all around the world, to feature articles in places like National Geographic. You may have even seen him on one of his viral videos going around on the internet, or maybe even the television show Survivor. To say he's everywhere is an understatement, and I'm very lucky he dropped in for an hour right here at my house in Melbourne, and we're doing this podcast episode right now in my bedroom. Before we get started, I just want to remind you guys about my course, The Album Academy. It comes out on the 4th of November and it will be available for two weeks only. If you're a photographer and you want to sell more albums, save time and better serve your clients, this course is going to be a game changer. To find out more, head over to jialong.co forward slash upsell. This episode is longer than it needs to be. It's already around about an hour. So let's jump straight into the interview. Hey guys, welcome. I'm here with Jared Sang and we are in my bedroom, believe it or not. And um, it's one of those funny things where, you know, you make do of whatever you got. And um, I actually did a post this week, like what I show on Instagram and then the reality. And the reality as being a creative and a creative business owner is things are not as polished as what you would imagine (laughs) behind the scenes at all. So, yeah, Jared just dropped into Melbourne. He's from Perth, and um, I'm excited to have him on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hi. Bedroom. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> good. Feeling good. Tired. Yep. As usual. Just got off the like, plane. Just got off the plane. Tiredness is just like a constant default state, I think, these days. Yep, yep. Totally. <laughs> hey, so I'm going to jump in. We're going to do some really cool things. If you don't know Jared's work, you should check it out on Instagram and and just do a little bit of stalking i think have a look at his stuff and then you will find some weird stuff you'll find some really weird stuff and you need to see that weird stuff (laughs) i often wonder (laughs) if clients who hire me they see that stuff like they have done a proper stalk because if they had (laughs) then maybe they would find some naked santa videos might find steve aoki look like yeah you should definitely google him and see what you can find mm, they probably haven't looked that hard because I don't think you would hire me for your brand. If totally. You, if you knew. So, let's jump straight in. I want to know, I want you to talk me through a little bit about your career. I would say is very colorful. Is mm. um, in a sense of like, you are so diverse of all the things that you do. Like the media that you put out, the people that you work with, the brands that you work with. It's all so very different. And I just want to, I want you to talk me a little bit through maybe like, your thought process when you started your career and then how you actually came about like kicking off your career so yeah it's it's like we were saying before it's been a pretty dodgy start and <laughs> continuation throughout my career because it all, it all has just seemed to happen very randomly but i guess how it first started was just through music i had a really strong passion for music i was playing in bands and i was going to concerts every weekend and writing about music, everything was just totally about music. But then it got to a point when I was reviewing concerts uh, for magazines. So, I I would be up the back at at concerts with a notepad, writing all these notes about the show, blah, blah, blah. 
But I had this friend who was a music photographer and I would always see him at the same shows, but he would be right at the front with a camera, like like meters away from the musicians and looking like he was having an awesome time. And I was just so jealous. <laughs> you get some like, FOMO. I want to have that job. Why, why am I stuck back here? And so that, that's kind of how it all, the, the interest started. But then, of course, you know, it was still years after having that initial thought that I actually got going, you know, I think, and I think every kind of young creative person goes through the same stage where you, you think about it and then you're like, ah, oh, you know, what, what equipment do I need? It's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. So I was actually messaging and it's really funny. I've gone through to find the initial messages I sent that, that particular friend and they're so funny reading back Facebook messages from 10 years ago Yeah, because it's like, hey, Anthony, um... I really want to start photography, but I don't know what I'm doing. Can you please give me some advice? And it's just so sweet. <laughs> and, and he helped me out and he gave me all the advice. And that's, I think that was, was really cool in the beginning. And that's kind that's of awesome. set the tone for how I like, I try and act in my career and helping other people out. Anyway, yeah, getting yeah. back to it, started that. Uh, actually, the first thing I shot, actually, and this is what forced me to actually get a camera, was uh, there was a big music festival happening in Perth called the Blues and Roots Festival. Um, and because I was writing, I was able to get media accreditation to go review that show. And I remember on the application form for that, there was uh, a little box saying, do you need a photographer pass as well? Do you have a photographer that's coming with you? And I was like, <laughs> I, just, I just ticked it. I was like, you know what? They'll know. They'll know I'm not a photographer. But I'll just take it anyway. And they didn't know? And they didn't know. Of course, I didn't know. Like, how <laughs> yeah. would they? Yeah, yeah. At the time, I was like, sure. They're going to cancel me for this. That's the ultimate fake it till you make it, huh? <laughs> uh, there's been many fake it till you make it in my career. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that happened. I actually borrowed a friend's camera. I quickly Googled um, how to how to take photos, how to take kinds <laughs> of photos. Because <laughs> I didn't know. I found an article by a guy called Daniel Bowd. Uh, mm-hmm. He's super amazing. And that that kind of... Just got me on the right track. Shot the festival. It was so fun. I couldn't believe I was there. I felt like the biggest fraud ever, but it was just such a cooler way to experience the music yeah. than I was before. And the photos turned out okay. So it kind of started from that, started, you know, clicking around more. And, and then it all took <sighs> off. Was there sort of off. like a definitive point of where you're like, oh, actually, this is something that I love, or this is something that might take off, or this is taken off? Like, was there a point that you remember in your career when you first started? where you started getting really excited? I guess as it kind of went along, you know, I was getting small jobs, shooting events, and, and that already was pretty cool. And I was already thinking then, oh, wow, mm. like I'm making some money by really not doing that much stuff. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm walking around, clicking some buttons, you know, it doesn't like, wow, I can't believe this is working. Yeah. But that, I guess at that stage, it was still, it was still like really cool to me, but it wasn't like, oh, wow, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. It was still just shooting random events and what have you. Totally. But I do remember, but pro- yeah, probably the, the moment when I really thought, wow, this has taken me somewhere I would never have gone before was when uh, a guy called Passenger, um, <clears throat> and this, this was a good eight years ago now, but I met him. He was busking in, in Perth. Uh, not many people were there watching. This is very early days and I'd kind of heard of him, had a few mutual friends and I went up to him and said, you know, um, I've got this camera that can take video. 
do you want to just record a little video in the laneway like right now and we just ended up doing that and we filmed this acoustic video and he's an amazing musician he loved it i loved it and then he said do you want to come on tour with me around australia and i was like wow and i actually didn't say yes straight away because it wasn't an easy call i just started getting like good big jobs in photography and i would have to cancel like my main one to go on tour with him for yeah. for nothing. Which is a big deal, yeah. Which is a big deal because like, oh man, I've only just made it. I can't burn this bridge straight away. But then uh, I thought about it and I, I knew like even though it was, I wasn't going to make any money and it was, you know, sleeping in backpackers and sharing beds and going going around to some places where, you know, five people would turn up. Even despite all that, it was like, I'm on tour with a musician. Like this was the whole reason that I I wanted to start photography was just to be on the road with music. Yep. And so a week into that tour, I, I, that's when it hit me, and I was like, you know what? I think I think this is actually what I want to do. This is where where I'm being. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's cool that you just sort of jumped in and like took that leap of faith. It's um, so many people like they always choose the safer route, which was for you. Like you already had some workbooks and you already were on your path to what you thought was what you wanted to do and then something popped up and then all of a sudden you're like actually like this is much better yeah and then just allowing yourself to do that you know yeah that's really cool it's been a series i mean because if you go back even further than that i was studying law which i dropped out of after one year because it was uh, not what i thought (laughs) uh and then you know moved on to another degree i've I've finished it now it's a long story it took me 12 years to finish that degree but Basically, I just left uni before finishing to pursue all this. So, it's it was a series of just lowering my parents' expectations. <laughs> <laughs> nice and slowly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, it was just a series of, you know, thinking, wait, it doesn't have to be this way. I don't have to do what, what's expected of me. I can actually just explore this other road yeah. and see what happens. And it might work out, might not, but, you know, at least, at least you've given that a shot. Yeah, absolutely. It actually takes a little while to get comfortable like that too, especially if you do have expectations from your parents or I think like society, they it like puts things on you. Like you think you need to have a degree or you need to have a backup plan. You need all these things. And when you're kind of happy-go-lucky and you're exploring the world, you kind of just get out there and you just do what makes you happy, hey? And yeah. then from there, I feel like you, without even knowing it, you get so much success because it's just like it comes to you. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I think just by opening yourself up to like all these possibilities. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting it, because everyone has so many possibilities, but not everybody sees them. Mm. And like it takes someone like for you, for instance, if you're just seeing someone um, busking and then you have the courage to walk up and say, hey, can I make a video? Even though I just Googled how to use my camera, <laughs> I'll make a video for you. And then you're creating a video for them and showing them. Like, not everyone has that courage just to believe in themselves and just, like, have a go, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the approach I've just taken throughout, you know, the past 10 years. It's yeah, just... I bet it just hasn't changed at all. <sighs> I mean, I guess, there, you know, there's, there's times where I could have taken more of a risk at something. You know what? It actually, I've tried to keep this mindset through the whole career, but it actually does get harder. Yeah. You think it gets easier the more confident you get and the more you progress in your career and the more successful you become. Actually, I reckon it's the opposite because now you have something to lose. It's harder to take that risk. It was easy to take the risk at the start because I was like, oh, I'll I'll go up to this guy and 
and whatever. If he laughs at me, he doesn't know who I am. Yeah. I don't know who he is. It's fine. He'll just say no, I'll walk away. But now it's like, oh, I've got a reputation. Is it embarrassing if someone rejects me? What am I losing out if I do this? It's actually, so it's harder to keep that that bravery. <laughs> yeah, totally. As you go along, I think it's a it's a myth that it like it goes away. I think you just always have to be challenging yourself and actively doing that. I actually, yeah, I don't think it ever goes away. It's never <laughs> gone away for me. But like you know, from like throughout my whole career, my career is like very similar to yours. It's just you know, I shot my first wedding. I never even been to a wedding before, and then I left <laughs> before the reception because I didn't know there was a reception. <laughs> like literally, like it wasn't until like a year later wow. I was like, "Oh my god, how come I didn't shoot the reception of that wedding?" They didn't say anything. No, they, they, when like when we got to the reception, I realized everyone was eating, and I was like, "Oh, it's dinner time." Okay, well that's it. It's over. <laughs> I packed up my stuff wow. and I hugged them goodbye, and that was it. You know. I'm just imagining in my head this vision of you just <laughs> shooting the, the kiss and then just turning around and walking it's out. It's pretty much what happened. I walked out, I got a couple of portraits. Then I seen that they started eating some food and I was like, well, I'm done. Like, I might as well go home. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like very similar in the sense of like, you know, just jumping into something that you don't really know. Yeah. And but, then- but having that, that trust and that faith that you'll work it out. Yeah. I mean, like making it to you. Like, was it fake it till you make it? Like fake it's, it till you make it. Yeah. I mean, Only if you down. can... If you have, you're pretty if you, sure if you can, you fake can make it, it. Yeah. <laughs> and fake it, because if you got the confidence to fake it, exactly, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> then it's even more of a disaster if you attempt to fake it and it, you just, <laughs> it doesn't you work just, out. You just know that you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which definitely happens. But like, I mean, so, that's part of the risk. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. But yeah, so you know, every every creative person will give you that same advice. I think. Yeah. A lot. I've had that same advice from musicians. From I remember when I was on tour with Matchbox Twenty. Um, this was early on as well. So, that was super cool for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the keyboard player, I was asking him about how, how did he get involved in the band and, and he told me, yeah, they asked me to play keys and I didn't really know how to. <laughs> but I knew I just had to stretch a little bit. Uh-huh. I knew all these other instruments wouldn't be that much harder to learn the keys. So, I was like, yeah, that'll do it. And so, it's awesome. I think Straight just, in. Just, just, I think it takes a bit of self-awareness though as well. because Because it... It, when you do something like that, it has to be a, just a stretch. Yeah. It can't be a giant leap. And another thing <laughs> I think is um, like being able to be resourceful. So, like if you're faking it until you make it, like you were saying before, like you bought a camera, but then you knew who to contact and what articles to read and those mm. things. So, being able to be resourceful, like if I'm going to fake something, even if it's something <laughs> huge... The thing is, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I do know where to find the answers to my questions exactly. and then build it together, exactly. if that makes sense. I've always said that uh, to every, to all the photographers that, that have come to my workshops, all our teachers, that the number one skill is resourcefulness. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and problem solving over everything. It's because that's all it is. That's all photography is. It's all anything is. Yeah. It's just cool. You've taken a photo and it doesn't look like you want break it down why doesn't it look like that and it's just you know or, or maybe i can't get this particular shot because of this you know how do we get around that problem and that's all it is it's just continual breaking down of problems and solving them uh and i think that's that's what all the best photographers will, will have in common it's just that oh yeah man you actually solving. can sort of see the the thread when you go through i mean like best photographers and also like you know the most successful the biggest names and the biggest and whatever genre that they're in Mm. and you talk to any of those photographers and it's they have that like yep you know i'm resourceful in the sense of like 
I know what I want and I know where to get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they always just, they're the ones that will be contacting you saying like, how do I change this? Or what do I do there? Because they're so direct of what yeah. they want. I want to ask you, this is going to be a good question. Yeah. And I want to hear this. Um, <laughs> I, I follow you like on Instagram. And I love just seeing everything, all the places that you're going and all the people that you hang out with and stuff. And I just want to hear a story from you from a career highlight. Mm. I think that's like a big thing because as creatives, like, a lot of times we talk about like the lows, a lot of times we talk about, um, you know, anxiety and all these type of things. And I think we need to talk more about like the success and like the adventures as well. Like, I think that's like a big yeah. thing, you know? So, yeah, tell me about it. Well, I mean, there's there's been a recent one this year. Uh, I bought my first apartment. Yeah, congratulations. So, that's been a huge milestone for me and one that just kind of snuck up snuck up out of nowhere you know it wasn't a a particular goal that I had set myself but the way that it kind of came about is pretty funny (laughs) and pretty typical (laughs) of of um how I do things uh so I was on tour with Passenger and then he's he was supporting a cheer and so we're all kind of traveling together we were in Brazil it was Ed Sheeran's birthday, so we all went to Pizza Hut that night. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. As you do. It was yeah. a very it was a custom Ed themed pizza party with uh, you know, little party hats and uh <laughs> with Ed's face all over them. Um, <laughs> got pretty drunk. Got very drunk. Um On the scale of drunk, are we talking like up to the eights, nines out of ten? I'd or? say at the Pizza Hut stage, yeah. probably like six or seven. But yeah. then... But then it just... Somehow, up, up I don't one. even know how how <laughs> how it moved on to this, but we, we ended up in this mansion yeah. in Brazil. It was... I, just, I don't know <laughs> whose it well, was. Well, it kind of makes sense, we like the there. people that you're hanging out with and stuff. I feel like that's what would happen. <laughs> it was just super random, but it was cool. Um, good party. As we were leaving, someone came around with, uh, tequila shots I just smashed one there was another one there and I was like hey Mike he's passenger I was like yeah I'll take this he's like no nah. I was like alright I'll do it <laughs> that, and that's pretty much the last memory I have like was just doing that as we were leaving oh wait no then we were in the hotel lobby um okay now we're at about like an 8 or 9 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so I was sitting there we were sitting there with some people and that, that's basically all I remember uh, <laughs> but in the background, the background to this is I'd, I'd been looking to, I just started thinking about buying an apartment. So, I was kind of, you know, Googling around, looking at some places. I was maybe going to try try putting off on the place I was already renting. But then this other place popped up. So, this is all just like internet stuff. Mm-hmm. And the deadline to put an offer in was coming up. So, I had like all the forms ready. I had like the the form, the offer form, whatever it is. So that was all, you know, all the materials were there on my computer. And somehow at maybe 3 or 4 a.m., <laughs> I had filled out the form and sent it through, <laughs> emailed it through to the agent. <laughs> Woke up the next day uh, and it had said, uh, offer accepted. <laughs> so, nice. so you woke up with an apartment. I woke up with an apartment. <laughs> and obviously, I uh, had offered too much because it was a very quick acceptance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoops, can I take that back a little bit? <laughs> and it was funny because I, I found the, the girls that we were hanging out with at the hotel lobby, I saw them again like a couple of weeks later and they said, oh, you really did buy a house? Because we thought, cause you just stood up very suddenly and said, I've got to buy a house and left. 
And they all, <laughs> I had all thought that I had, it was a weird excuse to leave. <laughs> like, oh, you actually did. Okay, it's weird, but cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's how it all happened. And, and you know, I didn't think about it too much, clearly. But after, you know, it all settled and I, I had the chance to reflect on it a bit, I just became really proud of myself. <laughs> because I was like, you know what? This is the perfect way for it to happen. It was super random. Yeah. Just a funny story. But... I have this apartment and, you know, I really think about you, it. You bought yourself a gift for Ed Sheeran's birthday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Treating yourself. <laughs> it's a, probably about the value of the gifts that he can afford to give out. <laughs> but, you know, when I first started out, you know, when, in talking about quitting law school and everything like that, each time I made one of those decisions to, you know, walk away from guaranteed financial security, mm-hmm. you know, and there's been a few of them where I've walked away from that, to take another path of a more fulfilling path, but <laughs> another cer- path of randomness, lower down on the <laughs> financial security scale. Yeah, yeah. So I've had to kind of come to terms with that myself, and you know, just be happy with the fact that okay, you know what, I'm I'm not going to make lawyer amounts of money, and I might <laughs> never have you know a ton of money to to buy a big house or to do whatever. <laughs> but I know that. And that's okay. I'm happy to make that sacrifice because I think that's that's what will make me happier. That's a pretty good sacrifice. Yeah, you and, uh, and get I, to live and, a happy and amazing life. Like, yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty good sacrifice. Not a guaranteed happy and amazing life, but yeah. a bit of chance at it because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. liking what you do every day. Totally. Um, so you know, I never actually let go of that mindset. Mm-hmm. I've always, even up until you know, this year, I've always just thought. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'll just have to be content with what I've got because I've chosen the artist path. And then after getting this this apartment, you know, I realised, wow, I've actually... <laughs> I'm a high roller. I'm I've actually... <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't say high roller. Well, I won't stop here. I'll buy a chain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, wow, actually, I've done I've done it both, you know. I've, mm-hmm. I have the financial security. I have this feeling life and I'm doing what I'm passionate about. Who would have thought that was ever possible? It's insane. All these things. It it really is insane. Like thinking back, even like when you started or like 10 years ago, it was almost unheard of. And you probably didn't know anyone that did something like that, you know? And then now it's starting to become reality, especially for our generation. Like so many people weren't happy with what our parents want us to do and things like that. And then we've just made a life for ourselves. and And then all of a sudden you look back and go, wait a second. Like, I actually have a proper job, kind of. <laughs> I'm actually making money and I'm waking up at 11 o'clock every day and yeah. doing what I want. Like Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't seem possible when you It doesn't seem possible out, at all. Which yeah. is great, which is good. Yeah. I think I think having that mindset that it's not possible. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I need to phrase this better. But thinking that, okay, you know, just, just having that, that pure intention of, you know, I'm just going to go for my passion. Oh, totally. You're not actually, you're not actually chasing go the other it. stuff at all. No. Yeah. But I think if you, you know, if you attack it and you just go for it, go for your passion and you work so hard, the yeah. other stuff will just come Yeah. without you even realizing it. And, that, and that's what happened with me. I, I, you know, I suddenly realized, oh, wow. You know, there it is. Yeah. You know. It's actually interesting. I teach at my, um, at my workshops because I... I know a lot of business, so I'm like very business minded and then I'm very creative minded. And then we at my workshops, I teach wedding photographers. And what's interesting is I can sit down and write a business plan for everybody's business in that room. And I can guarantee you it's a terrible business. I can say like, 
okay, on paper, it just doesn't make sense. You probably will never make money. Like there's too much competition. There's too much whatever it is. But at the end of the day, everyone's doing it and they're all doing it amazingly. And sometimes like it's not what comes down to paper. It's like if you not, are not chasing that, you're not going to be disappointed because then you've got like endless possibilities. Doors mm-hmm. are opening and you're not restricted by any, you know, false hope right there. Mm-hmm. But then it all comes because you you won't give up because you're doing it for a different reason. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you need that, especially in the early years because it's, it's going to take, there, it's gonna some take hard a while. Work. If you're doing it for the money, <laughs> it's not going to be a fun time for the first no. <laughs> for the first few years. You're not going to be happy or have the money. So, I guess it's like, you know, I guess it's like anything. But just having that. To be you know, honest, if you're doing it for the money, I don't think you would ever get to the stage where you're actually making money. Because you'd just you be would like be stuck in. Yeah, you'd very... be like, wait a second, I could make more money at Coles for this first year, like <laughs> you know, or a supermarket or exactly, something. Exactly. Like... Yeah, and I think that's you know all all successful, especially creative people, just have yeah. that. I've just been aided by that youthful bravado, where you're just like, I'm just going to throw everything at it. Who cares? Who cares what's going to happen? Uh, exactly. You just need that. You need that yeah. confidence to take that leap. Cool. So I want to jump in and do a little bit of a mastermind with you. Um, basically, mastermind is just when you have more than one mind and we can like have a chat, um, a little bit more of a discussion. Like this is something that I know, I know a lot of people, you know, they look at someone that's been like featured on National Geographic and they think like, imagine ever shooting for them or someone that's been featured on Vogue or something, you know, their, their stuff or someone that's like played on a big stage or someone that's, you know, whatever the, the career highlight is for them. They can imagine like how, like how do you get there? Like what path do you take, or how do you create yourself an opportunity? And so, what I want to talk about is like instead of thinking the path of like, oh, I'd love to like you know go on tour of Ed Sheeran one day and shoot with him. So maybe I should go to university and think about like getting a, a career as a photographer. Instead of that path, <laughs> I want to talk about the path of like how do you actually create yourself an opportunity? Yeah. So, we're going to talk about um, five different ways to create your own opportunities in where, whatever it is. And we can just talk about our own experiences. Okay. So, like five different experiences where it's just like, you know what, this didn't work out or like, I really wanted this. So, this is how I made it happen. Yeah. Kind yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've already covered fake it till you make it. Yeah. But uh, I was going to say, because I have another fake it till you make it story. And yeah, I'd love to hear be, it. That can be one of my vague masterminds yeah 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) love to hear it no it doesn't really okay i'll tell tell anyway i don't think it fits into creating your own opportunity maybe it does in a weird way yeah but okay so this is maybe a couple years into the career i i got a an email from adobe and they asked hey we we need a master lightroom expert to do some mastermining. <laughs> to do some mastermining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To run, to run some classes in Kenya. It's a cool collaboration we have going on. And it just sounded so cool. But the problem was I'd never used Lightroom mm-hmm. ever. I used a program called Aperture. I don't know if you remember yeah, that one. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was way back. Um, so, all of a sudden, you were a Lightroom master? <laughs> all of a sudden, I became the Lightroom master. <laughs> That's perfect, yeah. <laughs> I had two weeks to do it to get to a level where I could teach not only some students, but also some Adobe staff on, <laughs> on Lightroom. Yep. You know, it, like we said before, it was all about, I knew that it was a stretch I could make. I knew my capabilities. I knew that it would just take some time and dedication. So, two weeks, I was just up on Skillshare, on, on all these websites, just learning everything I possibly could about Lightroom. So, by the time 
I left and got out there, I was, I even fooled myself. I actually was an expert by the time I got there. <laughs> He's still much, fooling himself. <laughs> much better than, than I would have, you know, I knew much more than I would have if I had just learnt the normal way that oh, I totally. do, which is just try it and and just learn what you need to know. But because I went through this, I learnt so much, so many things about Lyra that I didn't even need to know. Um, so I'm going to tie this into the creating your own opportunity because technically that opportunity wasn't there mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, until I made that call and that decision that I would become a Lightroom expert. So we can tie this into yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Stealing an opportunity, maybe um, upskilling yourself. Well, you kind of did create your own opportunity. Yeah, like okay. it was like not for you, <laughs> but then you like fit yourself exactly. in there. Like exactly, yeah. make yourself fit the opportunity. Yeah. Upskill yourself. Yeah. the opportunity okay that's my number one i think it's actually like a big skill which people don't realize like with these with these opportunities that we're talking about everyone has so many opportunities they're literally everywhere but you have to actually like with your mind you have to actually exercise your mind and you have to be able to recognize an opportunity mm. and there's actually a really famous study that happened a long time ago um i'll see if i can find it and put it in the show notes of this podcast if you, anyone's interested but um they were talking to two guys and one guy said he's really unlucky and the other one was really lucky and they did all these tests just to see like the unlucky guy they would like present him all these different opportunities in his real world scenario and he just wouldn't see him and then the other guy he would pick up on him straight away and then all of a sudden like you know he was off doing something else and something else and so with the guy that was so unlucky they got down they were like okay let's make something super easy because it's, he's just not seeing him. So, what we're going to do is we're going to put money on the sidewalk and get him to walk over it. And so, they walked him over the money and he just didn't see it. And then he walked him back and then he walked him back. The other guy seen it from like 20 meters away and runs up, grabs the money. Mm. But the thing was, with his mindset, he couldn't see the opportunity. He couldn't actually see that that money was there for him or that uh, it would right. be there. Like, why would for it be him. there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why would something like that happen to him? He's unlucky. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't happen. There wouldn't be $50 there. Where the other guy, he's looking around for it. Yeah. And he's like, see how lucky I am? <laughs> I don't even know, but there's $50 here. Wow. So, yeah, like, yeah, just like, it's just, sometimes it's just like having that open mindset. mind yeah. of like, oh, there's an opportunity. Exactly. Rather than, oh, that doesn't fit me. Sorry, can't do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what can I do to, yeah, to make, to that make that sure that... I can do yeah, it. Yeah, and like exactly how you approached that opportunity is exactly how I'd approach it as well. Like I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's for me, 100%. Like you want me to to be a capture um, master <laughs> whatever person? I'm like, yeah, I'll get onto that old program and make it work. Like, <laughs> um, okay, so one of mine is um, when I first started, I will share this story some somewhere along the line. But what I did is I had like a really good paying job and everything and I was just like wasn't happy. So I quit my job. And that was really hard because they were paying my rent and doing everything. And all of a sudden, I was just like let free. And I had a car and I sold that for 20 grand. And with that 20 grand, I bought a plane ticket to America. And I basically was like, okay, I can live off 20 grand and I just need to make it work. But what I did was when I was cruising around America, I was literally shooting everything I could, making my portfolio, meeting as many people as I could. But I went to all my favorite brands. Like I literally went to Instagram. I went to Facebook. I went to Dropbox. I had a tour around. I met all the people there. I actually like sparked a sponsorship with Dropbox when I was there. And then I went to like Richard Photo Lab and I went to, um, I just met like so many different people from that one tour that when I came back and it wasn't for any reason, it wasn't because I was like setting out to get sponsored by anybody. It was like, there was nothing like that. It was literally just like, I've got the opportunity here 
to meet all these brands that I love and that I work. I mean, that, you know, some somehow or rather I work with them. But when I got back to Australia, I started getting all these emails and they're asking me if I want to be an ambassador or if I want to be sponsored and, and then they can give me, you know, discounts and if I'm like putting out the word for them and stuff. And yeah, all of a sudden I was like a sponsored photographer, even though I was like one year into my career <laughs> and the same thing, didn't know. when My first year, I started my business. I didn't know how to shoot out of auto- automatic mode. Like I was literally just shooting in auto and then I was like, okay, I'm going to have to start learning how to shoot a manual because this is getting serious now <laughs> um, and I'm getting sponsored. And Look at yeah, you. so it was like creating my own, like I got sponsored by so many companies and everyone thought that it was, I was sort of like, I guess like a bigger deal than I was because I could say like sponsored by Richard Photo Lab or <laughs> sponsored by whoever. But yeah, I guess like going out and I mean how yeah. I did that well, too. I think there's something in maybe something that I just thought of and it's not really photography related but yeah. similar in just this idea of just putting yourself in the room, mm. just getting yourself there. You don't know anything could happen from yeah. there, well, you know, and, and you just reminded me of actually it's my survivor experience is this story number three <laughs> yeah, it's story, yeah number okay, three. story number three but we're going uh we're moving we're shifting to survivor mode here yep yep um not I'm not even it. not even the actual show part of it but just the audition yeah because there was a quite a lengthy audition process you know there's, you have to send in a video you have to send an application and you get phone interview then you get called into a group interview like in front of the producers so that's the stage i'm talking about now so i'd gone through all that earlier stuff it was all you know looking positive but you know what there's twenty thousand people that applied for this yeah so the chance of actually getting on the show was so slim it was so slim and yeah so what did you do (laughs) (laughs) well it's not even we're not even getting that far because i'm just talking about just just this next stage because i was in namibia at the time and I got the invite to get to the group audition. I couldn't make the Perth one, but they said, okay, if you can make this date, you can come to the Sydney one. And I couldn't even make that one. I was halfway across the world. I wasn't due to be back for a while. And I had to, I had to really think. And I thought, you know, weigh up the cost benefits here and the probability of, of me getting on the show. Pretty slim. It's going to be really expensive. I have to change all my plans and I'm probably not going to get on. But then I thought, you know what? I mean, that's a fair assumption. It is. A, it is. A, yeah. no, that's a re- very realistic assessment. Yeah. Sometimes you got to, you know, sometimes you got to just step away from what's realistic. Because I thought to myself, yeah, I'm probably not going to go on. That's that's fine. But I should get myself in the room with these producers. Yeah. Because you never know what can happen. Maybe I get on Survivor. Maybe there's some other project they're working on. Maybe I, I get to talk about photography. They look me up, and I. And the photographer for Survivor. You never know what can happen. So I thought, you know, it's oh, worth totally. changing every plan. I just want to get myself in the room in front of these people because that could Because be, you knew there was some sort of opportunity no matter there's what. There's something there. There could be something there. And yeah. you know what? Even if there wasn't, it was just, just about going for that. Yeah, and I yeah. think having that mindset. In the end, did get through. Ended up being on Survivor. So, it all worked out. <laughs> it's awesome. But just, I think, you know, just having that drive. You know, if I was a more, less opportun- opportunistic person... I probably would not have even made that group interview because yeah. I would have thought, you know what, that's a bit silly. <laughs> yeah, sometimes like not being realistic is like huge, isn't it? You know, um, if you, 
as a creative and as an entrepreneur and any of those things, like everything is not realistic at all. Like everything that we do is just like, well, that could work. That's a thing. And then you go out there and you do it and then somehow it does work. I thought of another story just then, which is, I guess we could call it turning mishaps into opportunities. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is a really good one. There, this was, this was an, a while ago again. But I was in New Zealand uh, on a trip, a shooting trip for tourism, and we were just about to leave this location, and we're way, way in the wilderness. I don't really know where we are, and we have to go because we need to get to the airport. But there was just this one extra shot that I wanted. So, <laughs> and it happened to be on the side of a cliff. Yeah. So we're already in the car. <laughs> we're already in the car, and I'm like, guys, I, I just, I just have to get this shot. You know, mm-hmm. I hate to be annoying. Have to get this shot. Hate to be extra annoying, but my um, my my tripod uh, and camera are kind of playing up as well. <laughs> yeah. So I asked my friend Jules. I said, "Can I please borrow your camera and your tripod? I just need one shot." Mm-hmm. And then you know, I said, "Okay." So I disappeared like out of view. I'm on the side of a cliff. No one can see me, and I've set up a 10 second timer because you know I wanted the shot of me like kind of standing heroically on the edge of this thing. Yeah. Um, didn't have the remote, so it's like okay. <laughs> you're running <laughs> 10 seconds I'm ready to do my sprint and yeah. as i take off i kick the leg of the tripod camera and tripod fall off maybe 10 meters oh. down a cliff i, I watched it go down I, was, <laughs> I see the tripod they just snap off and fly away <laughs> but the camera doesn't smash or anything i was like oh, what do i do and no one has seen this they're just waiting <laughs> in the car i was like okay uh, i could just imagine your head <laughs> popping up from the cliff looking around to see if anyone's seen it <laughs> okay camera looks like it could still be alive like okay i have to i have to, if i can get it maybe i can bluff my way into like that this never happened yeah and i'm in thongs as well at this stage so i was like climbing down this cliff oh the other part of the story is a helicopter was coming to pick us up <laughs> <laughs> so i'm halfway down the cliff like hanging on really awkward position trying to climb down in thongs Suddenly, this helicopter comes and it's like circling around <laughs> me, being like, what the hell is he doing? But I get to the bottom, I get the camera, the tripod's dead, but the camera, like, it's a bit banged up. But mm, That's totally workable. But it's okay. Sweet. So, I grab it, eventually climb back up, I get to the car, and I have to say, <laughs> I'm really sorry. Something has happened in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> um, With that one photo is, that I took. Your tripod is gone. And your camera's probably broken. Uh, I'm really sorry about it. I'll just buy it off you. Like, I'm, I'm super sorry. And then she said, well, it's fine, but it's not even my camera. It's on loan from Canon. Oh. And, and uh, you know, so it's, there's a bit of an issue there. <sighs> so, seeing the opportunity, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I'll send me the contact. I'll sort it out with Canon. Um, if they can't, you know, just just leave it all on me. You know, don't don't worry about it. Um, I'll smooth it over. I'll pay them whatever needs to happen. So I email, get the contact, email Canon, tell them the big story. Make sure to include some links to my portfolio down the bottom. And the response was, you know what, just send it back in. That's fine. By the way, we checked out your portfolio, and would you like to do some work with us? 
So that's how I first Boom. got involved with Canon. That's awesome. Just, just seeing By breaking that. one of their cameras and then returning it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're appreciating it <laughs> i guess in a broader sense if we want to bring this back to to some to the opportunity to some opportunity rules it's just yeah seeing the opportunity in, in, in anything you know and mm. and giving giving yourself a reason to be in a situation or to contact somebody and i can't think of any other examples off the top of my head right now um but yeah, i know no, that was really good yeah but i, I know that there are other times where I've, I've kind of gone in with that mindset and it's worked out where it's like, I need a reason to, to talk to this person yeah. or I need a reason to be here. What kind of situation can I create? Totally. That puts me in that path. It sounds a lot more devious than I <laughs> intend it to be. Yeah. <laughs> I think for- And with that canon story, there was no guarantee that I was working out. I was fully prepared just to, to take the hit. But I thought, oh, yeah. I'm going to take a hit, possibly have to pay thousands of dollars. But if but, I'm going to do that, I might as well know someone at Canon. Yeah, you know, totally. <laughs> I think for my last one, I'm going to talk about. Um, I'm going to talk about like allowing yourself to create an opportunity. I've noticed a lot of people talk about like you should never shoot for free, and you should never do this, and you should never do that, and they give themselves rules. And I think these rules come from. I don't actually know who these rules come from, but people abide by these rules that are made up by I don't know who. But I think like with shooting for free, I don't know if this is the same for you and I don't know if you agree at all, mm. but like half I of think, my- I think we're going to agree. Yeah. Like <laughs> half of my career was allowing myself to just go like, hey, this opportunity works in my favor. I'm doing this. It doesn't matter if I'm getting paid. It doesn't matter like what, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter anything really. But like, I think like working for free, like literally I think- it's made my whole career because the first 12 months, you know, I shot weddings for free. I shot anything and everything that I could just to get to where I am. And it's just like allowing yourself to do that. Like saying mm-hmm. like, hey, I can create my own opportunities and I don't have to set, I don't have to live by anybody's rules mm-hmm. that's telling me that that can't happen. What do you think? I totally agree. Yeah. One of my biggest pet peeves is when... When I see, usually it's it's a, a, a more old school photographer who's who's yeah, writing yeah, a status yeah. on Facebook or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always on Facebook. <laughs> I was, was going to go around to Facebook or in some sort of photography yeah. group on Facebook. Yeah, That's yeah. always where it is. Coming in with a really like rigid, concrete <laughs> solid opinion, rule, yeah. solid opinion. Never work for free. Blah blah blah. Or complaining. I I, other I used that to are see. I don't see it anymore. Maybe it's because I've unfollowed all these people. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's. It, I used to quite often see a complaint about. Yeah. Oh, look at all these young kids undercutting me, doing these jobs for free. Don't they understand? You know, you're taking my work. Yeah. And I just, I just think if I just want to say, and I don't know if I actually say it. I I do try and. Yeah, it's, it's not really something that you can just jump in. No, and, but yeah. what I really want to say is yeah. if a teenager with their first camera is a substitute for what you're doing, yeah, then maybe, there's something wrong. Maybe you're the one mm-hmm. that sucks. 100%. You know? If in a client's eyes, oh, this young kid with a camera, yeah. it's it's worth getting them to do the shoot rather than you. Yeah. Then if, if your if the perceived quality extra quality <laughs> yeah, that you provide is, that, yeah. is not is isn't there, then then 100%. you're the one you're yeah. the one that has to adapt and change and it's just gonna get you know it, I mean we we're just talking true, about man. iPhones like, before and cameras yeah. are so cheap yeah yeah so the you know 
cost isn't really a barrier anymore. Yeah. It's so easy for anyone to do the kind of stuff that we do. Yeah. So, you know, it's everybody has to continually improve. Improve, reinvent themselves. And show their point of difference and show why, you know, what you bring to the table. Where's your value? Yeah. And and why, why do you have that value over me doing, someone else doing it with their iPhone? Yeah. I mean, man, like I shoot weddings in my, like around about my price is around like $5,000, but I'm not like at all annoyed at someone that charges 1000 or 2000 or 3000 or even 4000 or even 5000 Like it doesn't matter for me because I'm like, I know what my service is yeah. and I'm bringing it to the yeah. table and like nothing's rocking that. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I have no problem with someone going in and doing it for free. If someone wants to do it for free, then exactly. it's, not, it's not my competition. Exactly. Because no one's <laughs> like looking for me going like, actually, I was going to pay 5000 but now I'm going to sh- pay this person no- nothing, nothing money. Like, it just doesn't happen, you know? Yeah. And if someone wants to do it for free, if the value, like like you when you were f- starting out, if yeah. the value to that person is getting the experience, getting contacts, making a name themselves, if for them... That's the value they get out of the wedding, and that's enough. Then that's fine, and that shouldn't be a problem for anybody else. Because if yeah, exactly, if that's your competition, then yeah, you, you, then you need to work on yourself. Yeah, um, there's plenty of things that I've. I mean, do you do, do you shoot for free now? Do you do anything for free right now? I do, I do quite a lot of stuff for free. If it's if it's for a friend, yeah, or if it's something where I, I see an opportunity, hundred percent, and yeah. and you know, it's not maybe it's not feasible for whoever it is mm-hmm. to pay or they don't think that they can pay or it's something i really want i i, I know that i just need to show them what yeah, they yeah. could have good good example is is the reason i'm i tour with angus and julia stone mm-hmm. is that i'm I, I one of my friends is uh who's in passages band is in angus and julia's band as well and i just went to one of the shows and we'd already kind of met before so I wasn't completely out of the blue. Yeah, but yeah, I just yeah. came along, you know, got my guests passed and I said, you know, I'm just going to bring my camera. No one's paying me to do this. There's no, no one's asking me to do this. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I'll just shoot the show just for fun. Yeah. And I shot the show, sent them the pictures and then. They loved it. And then yeah, they looked work. at it and said, wow, this is, this is cool. Come tour with us. Yeah. You know, so it's just. So that's what I mean. Like you're allowing yourself that opportunity because you're allowing yourself to go there, rocking up, showing up, shooting for free. Yeah. And, and that it, would that, that, and that opportunity wasn't there before. Exactly. It would <laughs> I don't see like a sequence of events that happens where yeah. I end up touring with them that doesn't start with me just doing that for free because you know they're not gonna Totally. <laughs> they, don't, they have no need for me in the first place. Yeah. I don't really know them that well. There's there's the only way that would ever happen is if I just, just did it. Yeah. Just do the job anyway and say, Cool, this is this is what I can do. Yeah. If you want more of it, let's let's talk. Yeah. I mean and that's that's happened. A few times. Yeah, I, I do it. I, I mean, I work for free right now, like a lot for like, even like not just like um, friends, but other little opportunities that come up, you know, like just not too long ago, it was like Berta, Bride in New York asked if I could shoot like a couple of dresses and it's just around the corner and they made it real easy for me. And I was like, yeah, I can run around and do that. And then they shared it and they've got 1.5 million followers. And then I was getting tons of followers. And then I got inquiries and like, Things like that. If you're just sitting there and you're like, "Oh no, I'm not doing it for free. They don't value me." Yeah, you're missing the point. You're missing that opportunity. Yeah. And then what happens? Like you're not growing. And I think that's the wrong, the wrong way to look at it too. I don't think. I mean, it factors in thinking 
they don't value me. But what you really should be thinking is, what value do I get out of it? It doesn't matter if they value you or not. No, exactly. You know, you know you're know, you giving yourself if, the value. Like, oh exactly. my God, I'm going to get exposure. I'm going to get work. I'm going to get <laughs> what, all what these things. What do you things. get out of it? It doesn't yeah. matter. If they don't appreciate it, fine. But what can I get out of it? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I think we um, have gone over time. So, I reckon we should wrap <laughs> it up. We could probably sit here and talk all day long. It's been really good having you on the show and I just want to thank you for stopping in and um, hanging out in my bedroom for the <laughs> afternoon while you're here in Melbourne. So, yeah, thank you, Thanks, man. man. Yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. Um, where can we find you? Can you um, tell us your Instagram handle and like the best places for for us to jump on and creep you a little bit? <sighs> All right. If you want the nicely curated version, then Instagram, Jared Singh, J-A-R-R-A-D-S-E-N-G. If you want to see the weird stuff, just Google, Google <laughs> my name and you'll you'll see some, some funny things pop it up. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, man. Cheers. Again, my name is Jai Long and this is Make Your Break. And I just want to thank you for spending the last hour with us and I will see you next time. Make Your Break is brought to you and hosted by Jai Long in our Melbourne studios and produced by our American friends, Simpler Media Productions. For more information on this podcast, our workshops, or anything your heart desires, please visit jailong.co.